I I had no idea. Well, I always keep forgetting we have a TikTok. Uh, I, we never plug it. <laughs> you know, shout out our social media team, whoever they may be. Mm. Uh, it's hey, us. Terry uh, the intern. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yo, apparently Baby Nuts doing numbers. Is that what I heard? Uh, Is yeah. that the rumor on the street? The, the reports from our analysts say. Well, I don't. I don't have them up, but it just makes them got, up. It's <laughs> got like. 10,000 views, like 1,200 likes, uh, 50 hours Jesus. of watch time. Wait, 1,200 likes? So people like liked it too? They weren't just yeah, like it, watching it? it? Over 50% of the people that watch it watch the entire video. So it wasn't like an Emily That's and Perry wild. season 2 thing where they hate watched it and it's getting a season 18 or something? No. It's like no. People Thank like you it. for using the correct name. Yeah, I got you. Because like, everyone's I like, oh, Emily in Paris... And it's like no. clearly they they were going for the rhyme. <laughs> yeah, Matt, what did anyway. you think about Emily in Paris season two? Um, <laughs> I didn't watch all of it. So, wow. oh wait, will you watch sub? Wow, yeah, um, hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and then I'm I got curious. <laughs> curious. Then Can I, I asked why in. you stopped. Why? Why'd you stop? Um, I have a job, so I had to work. <laughs> This man can talk about baby nut on a full bracket. (laughs) When it comes to Emily and Paris season two, he has a job to do. With that, (laughs) um, hello and welcome back. We're the Tough Cut Podcast. Follow us on TikTok. (laughs) Um, This is episode 50. (laughs) Whoa. And I'm Matthew. And I'm Alex. And I'm Jake. Follow us on TikTok. I don't know what our TikTok is. That's why I was. What's our at? Is it just <laughs> same as every single social media pod. we had? At Thanks, Tough Alex. Pod. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you did something fun and quirky like at Tick My Pod Tough TikTok. Anyway, um, so as I said, this is episode fifty. <laughs> We're um, getting pretty old, and this is part one of our remakes bracket. What the, what the heck does oh, yeah, part we didn't like mean, announce Alex? the bracket or anything. That's pretty crazy. Uh, this is our remake bracket. So we picked movies and we also picked their remakes and they're going head to head in round one. So starting off today, we've got Star Trek II: the Wrath of Khan versus Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, and later on in the episode, we've got Suspiria 1977 versus Suspiria 2018. So lots to talk about today. Yeah. yeah. And. Guys, spoilers, we're going to be spoiling these. And some of them, you know, they got twists in these movies. There's a lot of twists. Um, I also want to give out a content warning. Uh, mm-hmm. There are also some Sus- gruesome Sus- twists in Suspiria. Suspiria, yeah. <laughs> honestly, both of them more so. No, honestly, both of them are pretty gory. Um, you know, one is like an older gory where like you can you can tell it's, it's, it's kind of Pepto-Bismol blood. And... The other, it's it gets some real intense. It got some really like effects. gnarly, awesome special effects that they did. Um, so, yeah, uh, just keep an eye out if you're sensitive to anything like that, any like body horror. Uh, Suspiria, both both of the Suspirias have quite a bit of body horror in them, um, just in case. So we love you, we care about you, we want you to watch along and listen along, but uh, take care of yourself first. The other little one I will call out that I just saw as I was looking back through my notes. Um, if you are photosensitive, um, mm, right. Star Trek um, Into Darkness has a really, really, really bad moment of flashing lights. So be aware of that. So does Suspiria 2018. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. They too. Both do. Yeah. They so both I, guess do. Flies. I was I was too. I, I missed that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I jotted it down in uh, for Star Trek. Too busy looking so, at bloody titties. Hey, that's a spoiler. But we just gave our spoiler. Yeah, Wait, no, exactly. we didn't. <laughs> There's bloody titties in Star Trek. Matt might have a job, but he's always got time for bloody titties. Um, Quote, put it on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> if we ever sell merch, uh, we're not selling that shirt. Um, hey, Alex, do you want to go ahead and introduce our, our two Star Treks? 
Absolutely. So we've got Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, released in 1982, directed by Nicholas Meyer. Captain Kirk is an admiral now, and he's bored and uh, doesn't get any (laughs) fulfillment from his life. And the crew of the Enterprise is like, hey, Kirk, come see what the Enterprise is up to now. Meanwhile, uh, Khan is brought back into the fold. Uh, Kirk's greatest nemesis. (laughs) Khan! Um... There's also a machine that creates life, and that's pretty cool. I don't know. Should I say the big spoiler from the end? I get. I think. I think it's relevant. I think the spoiler at the end is relevant. Uh, Spock dies at the end of this one, and that's a big deal. He wow. comes back later in. I didn't watch it in later Star Trek movies. Well, that's no, going to make it hard con- to talk about. Considering the third one is literally titled The Search for Spock. I'm Spock, pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's such a short movie. They go to his grave and they're like, oh, I forgot. Uh, they, they had a little bit of a bender at his funeral. <laughs> at his funeral. Um, this is going up against Star Trek Into Darkness, which was Why, the you second don't, you don't movie know, in you the... You don't want to know our thoughts? You don't want to know our thoughts and feelings? Well, I was just going to do all of it at once. I mean, I guess you guys okay. can give your thoughts. It's it's different because yeah. I pitched both of these movies. We don't usually do it this way. Yeah, what do you guys yeah. think about uh, Wrath of Khan? Well, what do you Khan! think about it first? <laughs> yeah, I, I picture Khan as like a hey man, like in the Jewish faith for Purim, when you say hey man, and like they go, boo! <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, that's what I picture whenever I hear Khan. I feel like I have to go, Khan! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This this was... <clears throat> so what are our thoughts? That That's what we're, we're yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts? So I generally... Like, I am not, like, the biggest Trekkie in the world or anything. I've seen a good number of Star Trek properties, movies, some episodes of the TV show. And I generally enjoyed this. Um, I do think the thing that it is probably for huge fans of the series super super brought up by but for someone who's a little bit less familiar brought brought down a little bit is um there's clearly so much history between all of these characters and being mm-hmm. a little bit less familiar with the context um i just they're like it's like knowing that there's so much more behind all of this and like the things people say to each you know it's like the comment you made about lord of the rings of like why Gimli's comment means so much is because you have all this additional context. And I felt like I was missing some of that uh, um, Mm -hmm. in this movie. Nonetheless, um, I still had a lot of fun. I still think this is such a a good version of Khan and man, oh man, um, do I love William Schnatner. Um, (laughs) He's just so good. Um, Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Nice. Jake, how about you? Yeah. Don't worry, Alex. I I watched a decent amount of Star Trek. I wrote a fucking essay on it in college, but mine was about BDSM. So I don't know how helpful or applicable it's going to be to this conversation. I'm hoping a lot. But um, (laughs) the movie, so I kind of have a controversial maybe opinion on this where like I objectively know there are really great things about the Star Trek movies and series. Like the, the acting is... like it it is solid with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy like I know it's solid I know the writing can be solid and and, and genuinely like the technical terms like they are building a world but even even with all of that it just I kind of slogged at the end I was just still wait and maybe it's kind of leaning more towards Matthew's thing where it's like if I wasn't hardcore invested I just there was a lot of time wasted I felt in this movie and there was a lot of just like it was slow for me, which is so wild because, and I'll talk about it when we introduce Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, but that's that's basically my thoughts now, and I Polar promise I'll explain more in that depth regards. Super quick yeah. interjection. So funny that you think the last third is a little slow because I think the first third until they finally actually get to Khan, like he's actually introduced. I'm like, okay, come on. <laughs> um, oh, no, <laughs> so I, yeah, I meant there are slow funny. moments. Like the, the, uh, the beginning has that one movie. throughout okay. the movie. Because yeah, there's that one they're like crewing for the spaceship and it's just like, okay, I get it. They're in space. They're do- like, they're not adding story to it. They're just showing us we're flying the Enterprise and like, here we are. Whereas in like Into Darkness, when they do that same kind of thing, we get story beats of like, okay, now Chekhov is there. Scotty quit. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like there's actual like story <sighs> beats. But I don't Jake, know. Let's, let's talk about it. It breaks my heart that you're saying it. Wait, I just got to respond to that real quick. It breaks my heart that you think yeah, yeah. that because like those points 
are meant to be like, oh, you've seen these characters do this stuff so many times in the other movie and the TV show and all this stuff. And it's like meant to be this different spin of like, how does Kirk feel now that he's an admiral seeing this? Like him feeling Uh, like he's on the outside of it. Like it's so thematic and good. Um, But Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, it's in the reboot series where it's kind of just like a wacky timeline and things are slightly different because of time travel. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, what happened? <laughs> what happened in this movie? Um, there's like another admiral <laughs> and he's like secretly evil. He woke Khan up to be like a secret weapon. Uh, and then Khan is going to take him mm-hmm. out because he's holding his crew hostage. And then Khan turns on the Enterprise and is a big baddie. And then they stop Khan. And this time Kirk dies, mm-hmm. but is brought back to life with Khan blood, um, which is a fun yeah. little plot. It like a an interesting way to kind of bring back the like life motif that they have in the first one, but without like just doing, mm-hmm. oh, this is the Genesis machine, uh, just doing the same thing. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting in a very funny way. It is the polar opposite of what Jake said about wrath of Khan feeling <laughs> slow because this one is literally nonstop action. The last like I don't yeah. know, hour and a half of the movie, which really is like two thirds of the movie is just action sequence after action sequence after action sequence with very little drama and stuff in between. But that being said, I think they're really strong and effective ac- action sequences because they are able to effectively add themes and emotions and stuff into them. I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, yeah, what'd you guys think of this one? Matthew, you should go first. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so this movie, I don't remember like the reboot Star Trek series super, super well, because I thought I'd seen this movie, but I don't think I had. I think I might have seen the third one. <laughs> um, I've definitely seen the first because I remember that one very well. Um, and this movie was just like, I don't know, pretty dumb, but a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> Yeah, uh, which it's I, a lot I of feel. Fun. Yeah, like man, the I think the action is by and large fairly well done, um, and um, I think uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is just hamming <laughs> it up. Um, yeah, he, man, he's <laughs> he's just going for it out there, um, which is just a, a kind of they pleasure were like, to watch. Be Sherlock. They were like, be Sherlock, but in the future. And I was like, okay. Yeah, because they introduce him and it seems like he's going to be like calculating and manipulative and like use others to his purposes. And then just 85% of the time, he's just shooting shit and punching dudes. And I'm like, (laughs) this feels a little at odds with how they introduce the character. He's done like two total manipulations. Yeah. but it, it's a lot well, of fun. And the, like um, the manipulations they do are so obvious. It's like, hey, don't trust Khan. He's going to turn on us. And then he does. And it's like, okay. Uh, yeah. Dumb yeah. and fun is how I describe this movie. So I'm really glad you said that. Because I, I feel like I, I feel like kind of a little, little like dirty because <laughs> I genuinely loved Star Trek Into Darkness way more than Rathacon. And I know that I had I know that I had the stupider time. Like I've never felt as young That's as so I have funny. watching a movie. Because here's the thing. I watch these back to back and I'm like, I'm already having more fun because there's brighter colors and the score is more like lively <laughs> and it goes bang bang. And I do that. Like, I'm like, oh, shit. Jake's like like, Cold War analogies and like (laughs) any kind of like consistent theming. He's like, no, thanks. I'm in for which is why we (laughs) yeah, when we talk about the later half of this thing, I'm going to totally change my tone. Um, But like, I just I don't know. And, you know, even like, okay. So this cast is so fun also, and I feel like they, they it, which is wild, this seems so unfair because there's all of Star Trek for the other one, but I felt like they gave the other crew way more to do in this. Like, Scotty and Chekhov actually get stuff to do, and like, you know, Sulu, you know, man's the ship, and like, Carl Urban from The Boys is like, I'm Carl Urban oh, from The Boys. <laughs> Carl Urban before the boys when this nah, movie was out. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. 
Yeah, I, I think only Leonard Nimoy, like the, the Spock is, Leonard Nimoy is better than the Spock, in my opinion, 110%. And like William Shatner, it's very hard to be better than him. I think Chris Pine's charismatic. I just don't think he's Kirk he in this. I think he's a very sexy different swagger Kirk. It's a yeah. very different Kirk. <laughs> he, yeah. he is, which you guys counter to the characters I generally, I don't want to go as far to say identify with, but, you know, love my charming rogues. But William Shatner's Kirk, man, <laughs> it's just it's, so good. <laughs> uh, so, OK, here's here's where I'm coming into this from, because I picked this matchup because I like generally enjoy the Star Trek reboots. And I, I know that Star Trek to Wrath of Khan is supposed to be a very good movie. But when I was whenever I saw it growing up, I was like, oh, this is a movie my dad would like. I'm, and I'm just going to play my Game it's Boy while this movie. is on the TV. And this is the first time I've ever like actually sat down and watched it. And I really <laughs> liked it. Like it was a really good <laughs> right? movie, guys. Jake, I'm talking about Wrath of Khan. Um, yeah. No, I'm still talking about Into Darkness. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> like you. I was just because I always see William Shatner as like kind of this joke actor. It, yeah, like so just like campy and like melodramatic and ridiculous. My dad has Double like this album punch. of music that William Shatner recorded and we would like listen to it on trips. So like I've always kind of had this joking kind of mindset whenever I think of William Shatner. But like in this movie, yeah, he is like melodramatic and stuff, but he's like actually a good actor. Like he does a really good <laughs> job. And I don't know, like there's just something about it. And then comparing Ricardo Maltabon's con to Benedict Cumberbatch. God, the, the power of Ricardo Montalban's character. It, like that con is so powerful. The, the intensity with how he speaks, his <sighs> character is so strong. And I compare that to, to Benedict Cumberbatch. It's just, it feels so bland. It feels like oatmeal that's really strong. I don't know. He's out there I, okay, punching okay. dudes, my guy. I, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, I, I, I know. I know it's going to sound so dumb. But here's the thing. I will give credit. The Khan and Wrath of Khan, his like manipulation, like or not manipulate, like his first introduction scene where he's talking to the crew, I, I was like, oh, this is captivating. It went on a little long, in my opinion. I was kind of like, all right, we get it. You're doing your thing. It was like a 15-minute, this is Khan. And he had some great lines. I mean, revenge is a dish best served cold, and it is very cold in space. That's a badass villain line yeah, in a sci-fi movie. It kicks that's ass. That's fucking metal. But here's the thing. At the end of the movie, he's just reciting Shakespeare and, like, bleeding to death all the time. And Benedict Cumberbatch was fighting <laughs> and doing flips. Okay, but here's you the know? thing. Yeah, Can you remember, <laughs> does Benedict Cumberbatch have one cool line like that in this movie, Jake? Right now, off the top of your head. Yeah. What's one cool thing he says? Yeah. He says, I'm con. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Hi, my really name's good. John Harrison, but you may know me as con. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Con smushed someone's head. Yeah, which... Um, That's so, really okay, cool. That is, I, okay, I actually want to <laughs> talk about that a little bit. Um, so I understand, as Alex said when he was introducing these movies, that the new Star Trek canon is in like the wacky Star Trek universe where things are a little bit different. They're just so light on what it is that Con, why Con is like Con. Yeah, they do not explain <laughs> the difference at all. <laughs> He just like he just looks like Guy, but for some reason he's just smarter and faster and stronger and better at shooting and better at punching, but then loses to Spock in a fight. And well, I guess Uhura comes down and shoots him. So that's really I don't know, man. It, it, it's just not explained, which because it's maybe, better than Cumberbatch, <laughs> which might be the exact <laughs> thing Jake likes is just like it's dumb, dumb time. I'm turning my brain off and I'm just going to watch him go. <laughs> Well, it was just better to me than the inverse of like he just kept he said the other con said the like 40 times during his death the, the like, other con was no, too up. pretentious Jake, for you yes. he doesn't say the he doesn't say the he says the, the okay the, okay in the dramatic voice 
that captivates you. Well, that's the thing. Shatner and this other dude, what what's the name of the person who played Ricardo Conan? I feel Maltabon. really bad. Uh, Ricardo mm-hmm. Maltaban. He they're both they're all Shakespearean actors. Like that's that's what people like about like their acting. And I get it. I literally wrote in my notes. I know they are classically better trained than a Chris <laughs> Pine and a fucking and Ben Cumberbatch man. But Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, is I definitely a classically trained actor. 100%. Okay, but not in this yeah, movie. I'm pretty sure. Let's, isn't he okay. literally part of like the British aristocracy? Okay, I'm like, talking he's about this nobility. <laughs> I have talked. Benedict Cumberbatch does not exist outside of this. You, you have to understand. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch didn't say one V. Okay, he didn't. I paid attention to it. Yeah, because they made him do a dumb American accent half the time. Also, his hair was pretty long. Yeah, he had the little smooth thing. <laughs> I thought Matthew would like that, though, because I've seen him with that hairstyle before. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of what made me bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, look, I'll give another credit. Like, the Kobayashi test stuff was pretty cool. And, like, talking about the Kobayashi, the Spock death was very moving, even though I know that, like, he comes back. And, but like it was really cool in Star Trek Into Darkness for the remake they were basically in a Kobayashi test which was very awesome and very cool to see like they had the whole like there's a lose-lose scenario here and then like seeing how uh, Spock would do it yeah they're referencing the, they're referencing Rapid no, Com <laughs> no no I know no I'm saying it's a remake like I'm, I'm talking I'm trying to gear us back towards that it's a remake and we're actually talking about these yeah, movies yeah, we're actually I can go back them. to boom boom I can go back to it if you want no 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 no, no I, I, I you want know what okay head film empty brain Jake, better film than match did a fucking flip and it was really cool in the beginning anyway, he took sorry, out all what, those Klingons that is yeah, you lost it's me a good again. action scene it's a good action you lost scene me good. it's a great action you remember when they were flying in space that was real <laughs> Anyway, I just think that these are tough for me because on one hand, I had Mm -hmm. like so much fun with Into Darkness and how absolutely brain dead it is. It's maybe (laughs) being a little too harsh. And on the other hand, I feel like there's so much I missed by the fact that I'm not as familiar with the source material as they want you to be. Mm. Um particularly like the the highest emotional scenes of the film being obviously Spock's death. And then you could probably throw um, Captain Kirk being like, this child is my son and he's he's proud that he has me as a dad as like, you know, high emotional beats. I feel like they don't hit as hard because I'm less familiar with the character relationships. And this movie is not. You know, you know, it does not want to hold my hand and be like, well, here's how they connect and here's why they like each other. And here's all their history, you know? Yeah. Um, which I, I think is tough. And then by comparison, you know, the there, I don't know if there's particularly complex relationships going on in Into Darkness, because I think they go for some of the same through lines with Spock and Kirk. And I don't know. I don't I don't. I don't know if I would go as far to say that those are even though those aren't banking on you having a bunch of foreknowledge. I don't know if those are as emotionally impactful. I guess there's also part of me that was like, I know for sure that Kirk's not going to (laughs) die. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. But Spock is, you know, going through his journey, going through his journey. What journey are you talking about? The Zachary Quinto Spock? Well, no, how he's like, yeah, hello, uh, like how he's like talking with uh, Zoe Zaldana's character about like he he was so like he had to shut off his emotions about like, oh, I, I wasn't afraid of dying or like, you know, like I chose not to feel. And how do you choose not to feel an emotion? Like, I genuinely think he did have stuff to do. Just Spock had more stuff to do. Chris Pine was just all Chris Pine. But yeah, well, I generally think I Spock was probably the heart of this movie. I don't know. I don't. I I feel like for a lot of the runtime, they backseat him and then pull him out in the climax to sort of try and resituate him as like the emotional core. And I don't know if it's executed as well as the movie wants it to be. Yeah, you they know? use Spock in this movie to be like a. It's more of a. Well, in the very beginning, he almost to dies. Be like. Well, but the, but that's the thing. It's like an audience fill in to be like, oh, don't trust Khan, but also we love you, Jim. 
Like that's what that's what the whole thing is. <laughs> well, I just felt like it was like he cho- he almost died and he was going to choose to die. He has a problem with protocol and like rules and stuff. And then his like fucking his partner is like, you literally didn't think of me. And then Kirk is also like, there's like, yeah, you didn't like you fucking ratted on me. And that's a through line for the whole thing. It's like I lost my position to get again. And then the revenge and uh, Spock not understanding is like, why are you fucking acting with emotion? And we're not supposed to kill this person and blah, blah, blah. And them trusting each other. I do think Spock through the movie has an arc and like or has a lot of emotional weight and stuff to do throughout like throughout the whole movie. I really, really do. So. Here, mm. here's what I'll say, and this I'll, I just want to say this last thing before we vote. Star Trek: Wrath of Khan makes such an incredible choice. Uh, at mm-hmm. the funeral that they have during the movie, they play "Danny Boy" as the song. It's just like, how many years in the future is this supposed to be? Where you still just play "Oh Danny Boy," the pipes, the pipes are calling. <laughs> like that's the instrumental that's playing, and I just think it's absolutely wild. So funny. Do you think Spock would have wanted bagpipes at his wedding? <laughs> <laughs> or not his wedding, his funeral? <laughs> his funeral. Do you think that's what he wanted? Because I was going to say, Probably. no. When I heard the bagpipes, I was like, why? I, awesome choice. But no way he wanted I, this. I think he probably would have specifically forbidden it. Um, yeah. And the rest. And uh, who's playing him? It's Bones is playing it, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or Scotty, maybe. Um, oh, yeah. It's probably Scotty. Um, yeah um that would make yeah no no Um, i like boats i like boats and they just independently decided now this is what everyone needs (laughs) uh are we ready to vote yeah um one has benedict cumberbatch all right yeah i'm ready to vote (laughs) okay go for it jake uh i voted for star trek into darkness man i yeah it would have been so funny. This is a off the record joke. <laughs> it's so funny if you're God. like one has Benedict Cumberbatch, and it's like okay, go ahead. You're like Rathacon. Oh God, I need away from that man. <laughs> no, I fucking loved Benedict Cumberbatch in this, <laughs> and the crew has um, you know, shit to do and all that stuff. For for me, this is where I'm torn. I think that Wrath of Khan is a much, much, much better movie. But I did have I agree. quite a bit of fun with Into Darkness. Um, at the end of the day, though, I think I have to vote for Wrath of Khan. The grumble mm. from Matthew. Yeah, because I think my, I think I'm in a very similar position, Alex. I think Wrath of Khan is a better movie. I definitely had more fun with Into Darkness, and I'm not sure which way my scale goes. Look, sometimes movies are about just, you know, fun. Yeah. I think I'm going to I'm going to vote vote with the passion vote <laughs> with the absolute ape brain that I've got going on <laughs> and say that <laughs> man into darkness is just so dumb but so much fun. Wow. Um I don't know, go watch it, I guess. <laughs> um and go watch uh, all of Star Trek and the other thing I wanted to call out um before we say goodbye to Wrath of Khan for now, but its spirit will live on through into darkness obviously. Um, Leonard Nimoy, um, obviously has passed away. Um, go watch the Star Trek with the whales. Um, that's part of the original, um, series of films. Um, because he wrote that one, I believe. Um, and the environmental message was something that's very close at heart for him or was. Um, so that's pretty cool, you know? And I believe was into darkness, the last film that, came out while he was alive the last star trek film i believe so uh i'm not sure i i, I do want to say way, we can was. we can chime in on that later um but, but yes yeah. with that into darkness advances um sort of you know i'm sure both of them will come up in some capacities because it's remakes how do you talk about the what has been remade without talking about the original with that jake do you want to go ahead and introduce suspiria Yes, oh, God, what a what a tone I, shift we're about to Before you jump into this, actually, I do want to call out another thing. Um, go watch Suspiria. Go watch both of these. Please, who please, audience. Um, literally one of my favorite movie endings, perhaps of all time, or at the very least in recent history, happens in one of these movies. 
Um, <laughs> and it just needs to be seen. Um, right. No amount of description <laughs> will ever communicate it properly because it is a fucking spectacle. Um, yeah. So go, um, go, go watch these. So, yeah, I'm really excited about these. Uh, I've been waiting to talk about Suspiria, either one of them. I'm so glad it's both of them in some way, shape, or form on the podcast. But um, Suspiria, the original, 1977, uh, by Dario Argento, is an Italian uh, filmmaker. Um, Susie travels to Germany to attend a famous or a ballet school, but as she settles in, people start dying off, and she slowly uncovers <laughs> its dark secrets as she fights for her survival. Um, yeah, so the caveat, you know, I will say this is Italian cinema. Um, and oftentimes I, I don't know if you guys know this or research or whatever, cause I'm sure when you listen to it, you're like, what the fuck am I listening to? Um, <laughs> it, they oftentimes don't record sound during takes. That's a real thing. And they have people recite their lines in their native tongue because they have a bunch of, they have Spanish speakers, Italian speakers, like all these things. And then they, the own actors dub their own performance later. And so they ADR everyone and that's why it's varying qualities because some people uh do things either way or whatever and they have everyone individually do it and you know in my eyes it's a shame it's a shame if you can't move past the the awful adr because the atmosphere of this film is what i love so so much and what i hold so dear uh you know from the soundtrack to the color and all that stuff um i i love it i think it really really is one of those early examples of what makes a cult horror classic like definitely like okay certain people are gonna like this and certain people are so so not um <laughs> yeah it, exactly Suspiria uh, is th- this this you're talking about the 1997 uh 1977 <laughs> this is a movie if you watch the first 10 minutes and don't like it you will not like the rest of it no <laughs> you will not <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh i'll let i'll let alex go first so i can you know have a nice little dessert with matthew afterwards. sure yeah uh what I do you did think not, of uh, I, this movie? I did not like this movie <laughs> <laughs> well okay actually so i i'm torn i didn't mind the stuff that I think you guys would expect me to not like about it. I didn't mind the like crazy intense score where people just go, witches. I didn't mind that at all. <laughs> I didn't mind the gore in it. I thought the gore was like, I don't mind this kind of gore, the like very cheesy, like makeup heavy. Uh, kind of stuff I thought it was pretty fun practical effects from the 1970s yeah. I had a good <laughs> time it. with that I just thought it was really slow uh, it it just felt you like you just hate the, the story right it's the story that sucks not even like well. not, not even necessarily <laughs> the story like <laughs> I just think the whole movie could have been like 40 minutes shorter there was a lot of very <laughs> slow a very short movie i mean there were just a lot of well, very Alex's slow perfect version of this would have been a 50 minute long like at the beginning there were just so many shots where and i don't know if you guys got the same vibe from this like i think if the score was totally different and the dialogue was totally different but it was shot the same way this looks like a movie musical they do so many shots that are like slow pans like of the person as they're like standing up walking or like it literally feels like a Disney movie in real life. The way that these shots are oriented a lot of the time. So like having these scenes where it's like this intensity is building, it just feels like they're about to break out into song and it felt ridiculous to me. But that, that's where I was with this one. Okay. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll you know. I'd love to hear Matthew's thoughts now as we move forward. So as longtime listeners to the podcast will know, I love weird movies. Um, I love just feeling strange. Um, (laughs) And Suspiria fits that bill so, so well. Um, (laughs) I think this movie is fantastic um, in a lot of not necessarily unconventional ways, but in, in my opinion, it is like a audiovisual feast 
um, with the score and the lighting and the use of color. Um, and by the same stroke, it does this really fascinating thing where I actually think the weird ass 80 yard audio like adds to how strange and surreal this movie is. Um, mm-hmm. I texted Jake while I was watching it and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on with the audio? Like, why are, why are, um, why does it sound like that? Why is the dialogue like that? And I don't want to say it's to the movie's benefit um, <laughs> to, to, you know, because understanding the story a little bit better, because it's not exactly a complex plot. It's just um, sometimes hard to hear what on earth people are saying to each other. Totally fair. Um, so I think it's very story light. Um, but for this film in particular, I think that's OK. I just I, I liked the score. I liked the 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 atmosphere that much that I was was OK with what is perhaps the most e- egregious lore dump in a film exposition dump oh my god yeah <laughs> all time yeah. Um, you you basically have no idea what's happening um just being like general spookies are happening think bad things happen to the dancers and people associated and then a guy goes yes i've done long time studies of uh, <laughs> of latin and witches it's like okay oh to okay. be fair you knew the whole time it was witches because the score said witches, witches. yeah witches. sure sure <laughs> but yeah the decision to use prog rock yeah. from a band called goblin is so mm-hmm. sick um, yeah this yeah, the, the score is just so good i think the this film's atmosphere is just impeccable it's for, out of this and world. very story like uh, yeah. film. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, with that being said, I'll introduce the other one because yeah, I, I there's just so much to talk about because uh, this is a wild remake. Um, Suspiria 2018 uh, is by Luca Gu- Guadagnino, uh, and he did Call Me by Your Name. Uh, fun fact. Huh. Uh, yep. Uh, this one is a young dancer, uh, Susie. Um, you know, arrives in 1970s Berlin specifically <gasps> to wow. audition for the world-renowned dance company. Uh, she vaults into the lead dancer role, and as the final show comes closer, the secrets of the dance company and Susie's destiny grow into the light. Um, so <sighs> this remake. I mm-hmm. I saw it at the London Film Festival. Uh, I was able to go when I w- when I was abroad, and I saw it. And the crowd reaction was so wild for this movie because it was basically just a bunch of horror fans in there. And you could tell, like, all of them had like OG Suspiria shirts, or like, uh, you know, like a lot of like it, you could just tell. And the last thirty minutes of this movie, people were like, "What the absolute fuck!" and it. The reason why I think this remake is good is because it's radical. It respects the original by trying not to be it, but by expanding its lore in a way that isn't like offensive to me, but rather it feels like a puzzle. It feels like it filled in, like it actually focused more on story than it did on (laughs) the atmosphere. (laughs) And, you know, it's either to, I can understand people either saying that's to a fault or not, I really enjoyed it. It does get convoluted at times, but I thought there were so many parts of Suspiria 2018 that are so interesting and so well fleshed out, especially in accordance to the 1977 one. I just, I really, really love it as a horror movie, just period. Um, And the fact that it's a part of the Suspiria lore and, you know, um, conversation at least about it is very interesting to me. Uh, Matthew, you can go first this time. What do you think? Yeah, so um, having watched the 1977 version first, I think does this movie wonders um, rather than going into it knowing nothing, um, at least in my opinion, because, um, yeah, wrong, (laughs) Um, because I had expectations of where the story was going to go based on that film. um, The preamble I gave to this section was that one of these movies has an one of my favorite endings in a very long time. And that is this movie because it just so thoroughly subverted my expectations um, by revealing Susie to be um, mother's Suspirium. Um, 
and big just has spoiler. this. <laughs> but yeah, we, yeah, we already called it big. That's yeah, the big twist. Yeah. Um, and has this absolutely like balls to the <laughs> at the fucking <laughs> wall, just exploding people, just over the top final scene that I think pulls a lot of the thematic elements together in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there is plenty, obviously much like the 77 version as well, plenty to criticize this movie for. Yeah. Um, it is, you could probably trim about you 40 trim minutes so out much, of this. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I also think it gets really confused in a lot of its theming. Um, mm-hmm. I think it tries to take like bite off a lot more than it can chew. Cause it's like trying to tackle um, like motherhood and like, abusive power slash fascism and like you know it's built into like post-war germany and throws in some stuff about the holocaust that's supposed to like be the you know like a thematic through line between what the dance company marcos is doing and they're like it's trying to take on a lot and i don't know if it succeeds in all of the thematic elements in the broad sense i could definitely Um, agree um but i do think it does a lot very well and also just um, uh, Tilda Swinton um, does so well uh, also. She, three she roles plays, in this yeah, movie. Three roles in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Um, I, I have fun facts very, very about well. that that I really want to get into, but I do want to hear Alex's thoughts yeah. Uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. So comparing it to Sus- Suspiria 1977, uh, story much better incredible does such a better job <laughs> um, all of that being said i hated watching this movie uh this was so just absolutely terrible <laughs> hey let's uh think about giving uh members of the podcast similar content warnings uh when we're you're, putting movies you're right. on um yeah. I really didn't think about it, honestly. Yeah, this was like <laughs> yeah, there's brutal a lot to of watch. Very, very graphic. It's yeah, it's not exactly at least personally. I don't think this is like a scary movie. No, it's not scary. It just it sucks a, to look at. Uh, the end, honestly, is fine brutal. for me. <laughs> like when people are just blowing up, like it's, it's great. The I can do that. It's the Olga scene, huh? Yeah, like when yeah. someone's body is just being contorted, yeah. like. I don't want to do that. Oof. I don't want to look at body horror and stuff. And this movie has so much of it. Uh, hmm. And that just really sucked to watch. Honestly, is where I'm coming from. I formally apologize for that. <laughs> I did forget about the Olga scene because I'm so entranced by the last 30 minutes of this movie that like, you forget I how, tend to forget how it. shitty it uh, is to watch the rest of it. <laughs> to look at no, not well, watch, I not watch really the love, rest of it, to look at the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are two different I things. I just thought, like, uh, oh, s- something that stood out to me, because I didn't really look at, like, I just knew Suspiria that I loved it. I didn't really look at the trailers and stuff before. And I'm used to the Suspiria, the OG, where it's, like, the colors are, like, so prevalent. Like, the reds and the fucking greens are so, And this like, one's oh, just, fuck. like, this mute-ass brown they color palette. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. it was so awesome. Well, at first I was like, okay, I don't know why they're, like, I can get why they're doing this, whatever. But then all of a sudden, when they finally bring in, bring in the red at the very end, I'm like, oh, fuck. That was really cool to do, because they're not trying to do what, you know, the 1977 thing did, because I think it's a product of its time, and I think it fits perfectly in its time. Um, but I think that having that at least ending for that impactful scene was so amazing to include the color as an homage yeah. to the 1977 one. This, this I thought is, it was such a smart and clever way. Yeah, this is what I'm torn about. Because I think in terms of a remake, I think Suspiria 2018 does a very good job handling everything that a remake needs to deal with. Because it needs to make a very strong choice of if it's going to be exactly the same or what things it's going to change. And the things that it changes, it does in a very like strong and decisive way. Like you get the whole political debates between the witches throughout the whole movie. You see the like power struggle between um, Blanc and mm-hmm. uh, what is it? A Marcos. Mother Marcos. Marcos. Yeah. Marcos. Marcos. And like they make that choice very early on that you're going to see that entire power struggle. And I think that's great. They make the choice of not coloring it. And that's great. They add an actual story. And that's great. 
But the <laughs> body horror to me feels so unnecessary in it. Like it, those scenes mm. are so visceral and they go on for so long. And the original movie did not have that. Like it, it seems like an unnecessary choice to me. Uh, and I don't know. It hurts. There are dead ass to provide some context. I personally, um, like, you know, I tread a lot of horror, body horror, etc. Dead ass. The scene in particular, Alex is talking about the Olga scene is like three minutes long it's, of just it's watching brutal. a person be slammed and folded over themselves. It's a pretty intense, um, scene. Um, yeah, it is. And it, it happens is. As in like the to, first half an hour of the movie. Yeah, it it's like or forty five minutes or so because yeah. they meander a little bit. It's um. it, as opposed to in the nineteen seventy seven when like the girl jumps in the barbed wire pit and it's clearly not barbed wire yeah. at all, but she's yeah. selling the hell out of it. She's like running around. I mean, obviously, it's not clear. It's she's not going to actually jump in it. But then I thought, I was like, man, how awful would that be? How Falling awful would it be to jump barbed inside wire? barbed wire? Oh, God. That which sucks. where where ugh. I obviously yeah, I know witches like yeah, yeah I witches. don't know they conjured that's the, the barbed wire yeah that's but, the answer <laughs> so actually this is something I did want to talk about with these two movies um, because most of the presence of the the villainry so to speak or the you know the abuse of power that's going on of the the dance company exerting its control over the dancers and the surrounding peoples. It's just like uh, in Suspiria 1977, most of it's just like a guy or, you know, thing chasing people around. <laughs> um, it does not feel very magical for most of it. Um, and then all of a whereas, sudden it gets like conjuring shit at the end, like barbed yeah, wire and like invisibility um, and shit. If if you think the barbed wire counts as being conjured because you never see like magic of it popping up. She just jumps through a window and starts screaming. Yeah, and then there's barbed wire all of a sudden. Um, I feel like she conjured that shit. I mean, like, I how, in, why in wouldn't head, she see I, I, barbed wire? Why wouldn't in, she see a room full of barbed wire? In my head, I, I think I literally took notes about this. I was like, why is there just a bunch of barbed wire in there? I'm like, is that like a storeroom? Is she outside now? They what? Where is that this? Room. There's no way. Either way, whereas Suspiria 2018 is much 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 more upfront with the fact that you're dealing with witches obviously you get it in the soundtrack in 77 um <laughs> but they tote the line on it a little bit more until it's revealed um in the the exposition dump um whereas like the opening scene of Suspiria 2018 they tell you basically everything but the final plot twist you know mm -hmm. um which is a really interesting approach. Um, almost like they know that you have the foreknowledge going into it. You've seen the other one. You know that these are going to be witches. You know, like, generally, Dance Academy, bad things are going to happen. People are going to start dying. And they're saving the big payoff for the end of, like, here's how we're beyond visual elements or, you know, story elements, thematic elements. Here's how we're really going to subvert your expectations from a plot perspective. Um, which I just think is very cool. Yeah, I will say even like uh, another thing to compare about these things that I think is so great what the remake does is actually making dancing in the dance academy like make sense. Yes. And, and yeah. I really <laughs> yes. wanted I really <laughs> wanted this film to be nominated and win best choreography uh, when it came out and it got no love during the dance sequence, not even for like costuming. And it's it, just like disappointed me so much because the final dance uh, with, you know, Mia Goff being like, you know, uh, uh, in a trance and like all the red and like that, that was so beautiful. And even all the dancing was just so beautifully purposeful in this movie. And in the 1977, I'm like, there was no reason for this to be a dance academy. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I it's know. not like the dance is actually like in 2018 Suspiria, all the dances ritual, like they are yeah. performing rituals through dance. Whereas the 77, it's just like it happens to be a dance studio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is just, I don't know, that's kind of fun. They're just vibing, and all they want to do is just do one little little sneaky little murder, and then she just kills Mother Suspirium. What the heck? So it was that easy. Here's here's one thing I'll say. <laughs> 
And Matt, you said it earlier that Suspiria 2018 doesn't really feel like a horror movie in the same way. And I think it's because they pretty much tell you everything right away, like you said. In Suspiria 1977, I think one of the biggest draws for me is that even though, no, the narrative isn't that strong, what you do have in it is this suspense of you do not know who the witches are. Like... You don't know Mm -hmm. if it's going to be Olga. You don't know if maybe the roommate Sarah uh, actually is one of the witches. Like, you don't know who they are. You assume that it's like the leaders, Mm -hmm. but you don't know the students. And I think that is like a very big draw for me for the first one or for the original. Because in the second one or in the in the remake, you know who everyone is, right? Like, you don't have to worry about it. It's not just you know who all the witches are. You also know where all of their, like, internal political yeah, allegiances Yeah, you see lie. everything. Yeah. And you know, like, you see the room that they're doing stuff in. Like, you see yeah. it all. Right. But it's interesting because they want to talk about the power struggle. And especially with that ending, when you find out all who voted for Makros and, like, how they get punished and then, like, yelling that they voted and, like, their decree. Because they fucking explode, dude. Because they fucking explode. <laughs> yeah. And I also think, like, with that, um, just character-wise, adding Tilda Swinton in this movie added so much more for the actual, like, uh, dance part and also, like, protege. Like, I feel like having an anchor of like a good or a bad or good, like that kind of maternal relationship was so, I loved it. I loved Tilda Swinton being added or or at least more fleshed out in 2018. Yeah. Cause there's a, there's a Madame Blanc in both. There's a Madame Blanc. Here's my thing though about Tilda Swinton in this movie. She is literally just playing the same character. She played in Dr. Strange. It's the same character. Yeah. The old man well, who I was mean, in the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> a reminder, uh, we're a all Jewish. Joke. Uh, she, <laughs> she, play, she played three characters and one of them was an old man. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, um, I could not oh my stand God. Oh, her voice the as the fact. old man. Did you know? Okay, I have fun facts about that. I need to get it out because like, this is why Tilda Swinton needed to be in this movie. Uh, one, so she insisted, like, uh, her and Luca had a lot of talks about her, like, involvement. They were all, like, it was always going to be, uh, she played both, you know, Madame uh, Blanc and, like, Marcos, uh, the, the disgusting figure, whatever. Um, but they really wanted to avoid, because it's such a feminine movie, like, mm-hmm. it's all about, like, women, it's mostly women, especially in, uh, Suspiria 2018. Um, and... Mm-hmm. So they convince Luca and Tilda Tilda convince him like, oh, I want to avoid the male gaze as much possible. So dress me up. <laughs> and that was their like <laughs> compromise for some reason. And so they also made like Tilda requested that they make her a fake penis and balls, <laughs> a fake IMDb page. And she also wanted uh, the publicist of the movie and everyone to claim that the actor like they made a fake old man actor. Yeah, died in like, post-production and to add a fake in memoriam for the character that one didn't fly that's but they so did make the fake penis and balls and the imdb why but, um, so yeah i just want to I, I i know we we should talk about these movies a little more but i just want to unpack that a tiny bit no i yeah, why do you need a fake penis fact. and balls well because to, she because there's the scene where he's naked during the ritual at the end uh, so yeah. she had to yeah, have dick and balls true. i forgot it yeah. But do but we see like, his yeah. dick and balls? Yeah, they, ex- you do they see show him balls. like curled up fetal position. They do. And you see his dick and balls. Like they could yeah, have gotten no dick and balls his... and had the leg. I, I like, remember his dick and balls. It. Oh yeah, I remember. It was pretty shriveled. I remember his dick and balls. I yeah, I guess I was I was actually also gonna bring up the scene where the witches were just in the they mesmerized the cops and they were just playing with his floppy wiener. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, okay. So I I think the is good and important that they did that because you have so many scenes mm-hmm. of naked women that it feels weird to have these male characters that they actively like, uh, like take it's also, control of and like torture. Like they would, yeah. you know, it, I appreciate that. The no, movie also does a pretty good job that essentially none of the nudity in this film is sexual. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you are getting your rocks off to Suspiria 2018, <laughs> Jesus, who man, Yikes. I don't know where you're yeah. at, but wow, um, yeah, 
I just, yeah, we're, we're getting kind of close here and, and, and it's, it's unfortunate because I genuinely do love both these. I mean, I'm a horror like fan. You guys know this by now uh, fans of the podcast and you guys, like I have so much respect for 1977 and the atmosphere it creates with the score and the, the colors are just, Oh, it's just an experience and I love it. But I have to like applaud so much of the great things that I love about 2018 and what they added and, and like Dakota Johnson coming out of nowhere. This is my first thing fully seeing her out of 50 shades. This was my first one post 50 shades. And I was just like, that is so awesome. There was so much greatness about, uh, you know, I, I really think it was radical change they made, but for an homage to the other one and letting, like, I think both of these films can exist in a way that they don't have to be pitted against each other. And I kind of love that. Um, so I just, I just love the remake for that fact. They very intentionally do different things. Um, as Alex pointed out earlier, almost as if the director, I mean, very, he very clearly was trying to act antithetically to a lot of the stylistic elements of Suspiria 1977, um, which is really cool. It, it does cool things because they work well together because they play off your expectations of each other. Um, mm -hmm. whereas I'm sure we'll talk about it next episode, but a teaser to it. Whereas I don't know, Star Trek Wrath of Khan and Into Darkness, they feel much more like directly referential of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas these are more at odds with each other, which is just cool. Yeah. So we are, we are pushing time. Um, I, I could, I'm ready. I could talk about basically any movie for ages, but I have lots to say. Um, if Alex is ready, I'm ready. Are you? Are you guys ready, guys? Alex is ready. We gotta get this shit going. You know what Alex is like when he's ready. I'm ready. Oh, okay. hit, hit us with it. Okay, I'm voting for Suspiria 1977. I could stand to watch it. <laughs> and like, the totally issue fair. is like Suspiria 2018. I feel like is a better movie in general and i think a very good remake except for the fact that they made this choice to go so hard in the body horror and it just feels so unnecessary to me so yeah 1977 yeah um i can go next i apologize matthew um but no, you're good. i i have to applaud everything a remake of something like this accomplished even if it does have its faults i think the way it was tackled was so brilliant. So I, I think 2018, I'm going to vote for that Suspiria. I think it's great. And it all comes down to me. Um, being in the, the rough, rough spot of having to come to a conclusion about these two films um, that I think both do brilliant things. Hmm. But I am nothing if not philosophically consistent. <laughs> um and so I, I think for this one, I'm going to vote for um, Suspiria 1977. I, I think there are so many super valuable atmospheric elements that make that movie so, so great. And I just want to talk about those more because I feel like we haven't gotten a chance to really dig into some of the, the meteor bits there. Um, no pun intended because there <laughs> were meat hooks digging into some bits in 2018. <laughs> um, anyway, nice. I love it. So yeah. two episodes from now, catch um, Star Trek Into Darkness versus Suspiria in 1977 and two movies next episode that are going to be sick. They're secret. secret. You'll find out later. They're secret. <laughs> They're secret. It's definitely not because we movie. haven't picked them yet. That would be crazy. Guys, thanks so much for Rock Listen to Year. If you guys missed the uh, bracket format, you know, we we missed it. We want to be back. Special episode 50. Like, we're so excited to be doing brackets again. We love the bonus episodes. Please watch them if you just need time, you know, to hang with us for a fun, funny, whatever. Uh, Baby Nut got 10,000 <laughs> views. So, um, you know, yeah, TikTok cursed, and all man. that jazz. Uh, but genuinely, like we're excited to do the brackets into the new year. Uh, my birthday's coming up. If you want to Venmo me money, um, <laughs> this is not the first time you've asked to be Venmo money on this podcast. This is in fact not. Last. It, this is in uh, fact not the second time because I think the second time Matt, you brought up that it was not the first time he has asked people to Venmo him okay, money. Okay. <laughs>
Maybe we'll get a extraordinarily wealthy patron who will be like, uh, yes, like in the Middle Ages. Why don't we do patronage like that? Maybe some rich person will see our TikTok Uh, and be like, these guys deserve money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That gal can dream. I literally have fantasies about that. It's really you you, you get this smallest eyedroppers worth of TikTok clout um, and all of a sudden it goes to our heads. Look, what if we got a dollar per view? Imagine me having 10,000 extra dollars right now. Wow, life changing. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure you get like pennies on the million on TikTok. Oh, but so uh, we we're making money though. Yeah, totally. Anyway. Hell yeah. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, um, send it to a mother in your life. Um, <laughs> because motherhood is Yeah, do not theme. denounce her because then the witch might take over your body and uh you might blow some heads in more ways than one yeah and uh follow us on all the social medias at tough cut pod we're on all your favorite ones um even the ones that you spend way too much time on and you don't want to admit it anything else boys Come on! Come on!